Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. We're in Ephesians 4. Now, the beauty of this is Paul is telling the church at Ephesus, these guys, they were a church that really had love, and they began well. They, they, they start off strong, and they, and they were charitable. They looked after people. And Paul is going to address something that when you are growing into the likeness of Christ in your life, when you, God changes us, doesn't he? He shapes us, and he molds us, and he takes out things that aren't good, and he puts in the good stuff. And he, and he's, he is building us up. He says, but he said, watch out for men that come and they bring in every kind of trickery and, and craftiness, deceitful schemes that they, they try to bring. And there are these fellows, they go to churches and they try to come up with these little doctrines and say, you know, you should all be giving to my ministry because I should be driving a Rolls Royce and, and God wants me, you know, and everybody give till it hurts and they do that. And I'm like, uh, that's not really scriptural that the pastor's supposed to be in that fancy car because, and his people are suffering. That's not right. Well, he, Paul knew that there were guys that went around the church circuit and they, they actually kind of shammed the people in the church. And so he warns them. And he gives us some of the best instruction of, I think, one of the best safeguards to, to guard us spiritually is coming up in this next part of chapter 4. In Ephesians 4, in verse 15, he says, but speak the truth in love. It says, we are to grow up in all aspects into Christ, who is the head, even, even Christ. He's the one from whom it says, the whole body being fitted together by that which every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part. It causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. When we're all getting our, our signals from the head, from Christ, each one of us is just part of the body of Christ. But just like my body, you know, has different parts. I got my, my inner parts, you know, I got my stomach in there and my, and my kidneys and my, and my liver and all those things. You don't even tend to pay attention. The Bible says God conferred that the unseen parts are more important than the parts that you see. You could you can live with, you could lose your hand and still be alive, but there's some internal parts. If you lose them, you're done. You're toast. And sometimes in the church, you know, some people say to me, but pastor, I'm not up front and nobody really sees me do anything. I'm, in, I'm kind of in the background, you know. I'm, I, I don't, all I do is pray for people and, and you know, um, give what I can to help the missionary or the Sunday school or something. And, and they think they think it's not important. And I'm thinking, ha, huh, without them, okay, with, without the parts, what, you know, okay, how about the stomach? You think, well, it's just inside, nobody ever sees it. But without the stomach, you can't take in the food to digest to get the, the nutrients into your bloodstream. If somebody in the body of Christ is one of those people that just, takes in the things that God's Spirit gives and they give it out in what I call spiritual nutrients to the other believers. They, some people are really gifted, uh, how do I put it? When it comes to reading, they can read and read and read. I, I, to me, reading in English is laborious. I hate it. I, 
I only do it so I can tell you guys the words in English. But reading my Bible in Italian is much better because it flows faster. They use less words. They say more. And it's closer to the Greek. It's easier for me to look up directly what the things are in the Greek or the Hebrew than from English. English is a weird language. And we're not, we're not doing the British English. We break away from them and make up our own extra words and throw in things like French words, deja vu and ciao. And yeah, they put all those words into our dictionary. But we have the things of the Lord. Sometimes some people are so gifted to read them. When somebody doesn't understand, they just go, oh, let me tell you. And it's like they're, they're the, like the stomach of, of the body. They take in the nutrients, they read the whole, it's like taking in a whole meal. But the stomach gives to the bloodstream, not the whole meal, it extracts the nutrients and passes it into the bloodstream. And the bloodstream sends it to the parts of the body that you, your body needs it. Some people are just that way. They... They take in this copious amount of spiritual wealth. And then when you come along, they just have just the right word. of It just nourishes your soul. When you go around them, you feel like, oh, that's so refreshing. I, they just, how do they know to say that thing? I, how do they know I was feeling weak? And they just come along and they, they share that thing. It gives you a boost, just like food does to our system. Well, you may not see the stomach, but is it important? Sure. You may not see the, the kidneys. They, they filter out the garbage. You may not see the, 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 the gizzard or the inner parts of your body. But they, even though they're not seen, they are important. And in the body of Christ, some people will never be seen like up front like I am. But that doesn't mean they're not important. Because they could be the prayer warriors behind the scenes praying and seeing God answer things in the heavenly realms while I'm just up front being the mouthpiece, blah, 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 you know, talking for the Lord. And, and we all play a different part. But Paul says, listen, you guys, we're, we're to speak the truth in love because it's, it's God's desire for us to grow up into his son, to be like him. And the best way I know to help people grow into the image of Jesus, to be like Christ-like, that Christian, right, means a follower of Christ or a soldier of Christ is actually from the Latin. That you're one that's under his soldiering. Like he's the general in the army and you're just one of the soldiers under his command. We, we're to follow his lead. But if I'm going to help people, I have to speak the truth. I have to speak truth in love. When I want to help them, you can't lie and think it's going to help them grow spiritually. You see someone and they're, they're saying, hey, is this okay if I do this? And they're, they're asking about maybe some area that they have a question. Is, is this okay with God if I participate in this one activity? And, and what they're asking might be something you know is not healthy for them to do spiritually. And you can say, no, you idiot, that's bad for you. You're still saying the truth, but is it in love? No. So we want to speak the truth in love and say, no, that's not really good for you. And I love you and don't want you to be stuck in that. So I'll tell you. Now, a true friend, if a true friend sees another friend going to fall into a pit or going to make a big life mistake, if they're a true friend, will they try to help them before they fall in? 
Our culture is lazy. Our culture says, oh, they'll find out soon enough. Just let them fall. I mean, the person can be backing up and there's a, there's a cliff right behind them. And some people are so apathetic, so spiritually, well, I don't want to disturb that person. I don't want to kind of like interrupt their day or anything. They'll find out soon enough anyway. One more step back, they're going over the cliff. If you're their friend, you're going to stand up and say, stop. Don't take another step back. True love cares about your friend. And if they're going to, if they're going to make a mistake, you, you want to warn them. But see, I found out you can give warnings without love. And you can give warnings with love. Which ones do you like to get? with love. Now, why would Paul have to write to this church to tell them to speak with love? Do you guys remember in Revelations, the seven letters to the seven churches? Which church was the first one in, in Revelation chapter 2? The church of Ephesus. And they did real good works, they did nice things, but Jesus said, I have one thing against you. You left your first love. They forgot the love that loved them first. That's The Bible says God first loved us. And because he loves us, that then we know how to love others. We, we just, we reflect how he loves us to, to the people around us. If the people around us, if God's love pours out into our hearts, and we know God forgave me of everything, and then we're around someone else and they're struggling and they're like, oh, I blew it. Forgive me. And we go, no problem. And they go, how can you forgive? Well, God forgave me everything. How could I hold anything against you? I mean, he's, he's forgiven me everything. It's, it's easy to reflect God's love when you understand how great it is. Remember, Paul was, was praying for the, the church earlier that they would be able to comprehend the, the width and the height and the depth, the breadth, the whole how big is the love of God towards us? I mean, it's huge. There's no way to even... It's mind-blowing. If we just ponder, how much does God love us? Would it change how we deal with people? Absolutely. And the more we know how much He loves us, and the more we learn to speak truth in that love, the way He speaks to us, God doesn't always tell me what I'm doing is okay. Have you ever, no one's in the room and you're about to do something and you get that little gentle, <clears throat> you know, like that little tap on the, sh there's no one there, but you ever felt like God's talking to you? Hey, shh, don't do it. Yeah. It's like that little, like in the, in the movies, they put the little, the little angel on the one shoulder and the little devil guy on the other shoulder and the, the angel saying, don't do it. And the devil guy's going, yeah, yeah, do it, do it. You know, and, and no one's around. Somebody will say to me, Prove that there is a God. I say, why would I even care or even hear this voice that says, that, you know, that little soft voice that, that warns you? Has anyone here ever felt God gave you a, a warning before something bad happened to just, just that little, no, don't do that? Or just something, you, you get that little, I don't even know how to put it in words. It, it, it's not that it's a words like, I don't hear some of this, do you hear a voice in your head? Or do you hear audible? No. In, in my mind, somehow God, or somehow, doesn't even have to, it's like something inside me knows. 
Anyone can relate to this where something inside you goes, yeah, I better, better not do that right now. And I, I, it could be as simple as you're chopping carrots and all of a sudden you just feel like you should slow down. I've talked to chefs that have gotten really, it's an occupational hazard. They get a really bad cut or chop off a finger because the things what were, you know, they're, they're, they're cutting around those knives and going really fast. And, and sometimes they say that the only time they get in trouble, sometimes it, it becomes too, they're talking and they're, and they cut their finger. But interestingly, I've talked to some of them, they tell me, I knew right before that happened, something inside me said, slow down. But I didn't slow down. And I think, and you want me to prove there's a God? How loving is God that he would give us that little premonition to just say, uh-uh, slow down. Why, why does he want Or even when you're driving. Have you ever been driving somewhere and all of a sudden you feel like you're supposed to just maybe let off the gas a little and you don't know why? You're, you know, you're just driving along the speed limit, but you just get this feeling like, slow down for a second. And you slow down and right in front of you, two cars come together. And you think, if I wouldn't have listened, I wouldn't have listened to that little voice. That, that, that's the Spirit of God. He's real. He speaks to us when we need it. Well, this church started off well, but something happened to them. They forgot about speaking truth in love. And Paul has to remind... Now, we don't have churches like that today, right? We all speak the truth in love, right? Uh, <laughs> no. Some of these guys need to revisit this very verse because this is what we're supposed to do because it says that way we can grow up in all aspects into him, into Christ, who's the head, and from whom the whole body being fitted together and held together by that which every joint supplies accordingly to its proper working, each individual part will cause growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Each one of us helps the other ones grow in the, in the body of Christ. It helps us grow up in love. Now this he says, verse 7, This I say therefore, and I affirm together with the Lord, that you walk no longer, just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened by their understanding and excluded from the, the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. They've become callous. And having given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. He says, but you did not learn Christ in this way. And if indeed you have, have heard him and have been taught by him, just as the truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, he says, you lay aside the old self, that which belongs to, it's corrupted in accordance with lusts of deceit. And instead, you be renewed, where? In the spirit of your mind. Let your mind be renewed. He says, don't go back to the old corrupted ways. But, and he describes the Gentiles as the ones that were living their lives after the, the, the sensual things of life. You know, they're, they're doing the, they're, they're, they're not obedient. He says, they, they practice sensuality and, 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 and carousings and they're, they're, they're calloused. Their heart actually gets hard. You know, one problem with practicing sensuality, or, or uh, we say like, today it would be sensuality? like, sensuality is pleasing your senses, making your whole life about pleasing your senses. Um, pornography. Looking at pornography is a sensual 
uh, stimulant, you know, to the to the flesh. If you do that all the time, it's interesting. The persons that do that, their spirit becomes calloused to hearing the Lord. Not that the Lord is stop speaking, but if you put a callus, just think of putting calluses over your ears, you know, like 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 putting earplugs on, you know, sticking an earplug in there and saying, I'm just I'm just looking at this pornography. It's not hurting me at all. I'm a Christian. But if you if you continue to do that, you might not even realize it, but you spiritually become calloused. And your your hearing will not be in tune with the Lord. You, you not that he stopped talking. It's just that you, you, you it's like you put bubble gum in your ears and you can't hear, you know? That even if he's shouting, you're not hearing. You gotta really you gotta pull the bubble gum out and 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 get the get the earwax out and get the ears clean and, and hearing again. And this is what he said. These now, can you believe he's writing this to a church? No church back then would have people practicing these sort of things, would they? Do we have that today? Do we have the the the, cali- the, the, the sensuality of, of this world trying to creep into church? Sure. I mean, we can't even watch the news without some, you know, commercial in between that's almost borderline, um, you know, uh, lewd. I, I, I mean, they, they put some girls in some pretty scant- scantily clothed, you know, situations, and it's all just to sell, what about the men? you know, Beer or men, the, the same thing. This is this is what they practice. Now Paul says, "You guys don't go that way." In reference to your old manner of life, what do you do? You 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 take that old manner and you lay it aside. We're not to walk in that anymore. We get to be renewed by the spirit of our mind. We we're going to be new creatures in Christ. The, the, the Bible says if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Now Paul goes on to say here in verse 24, and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God. And it has been created in righteousness and in the holiness of truth. I mean, this is, you're, you're a new creature to God. You're, he looks at us and interestingly, he makes us created in righteousness and in holiness of the truth. Back to the truth. You know, the truth is something that is, well, he says it's holy. Holy means set apart, special. Something special, set apart for a godly use. God has set us apart for, for his truth. And beautifully, the next verse says, Therefore lay aside falsehood and speak the truth, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Gosh, therefore lay aside falsehood. He would be telling the church, quit lying. Now, is that, um, do you guys remember the Ten Commandments? Remember the ninth one? Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. You're not to lie. Do not, in the, in the abbreviated things that we used to have in catechism, they used to just put, don't lie. Ninth commandment, don't lie. Now he says this right here. Don't lie, lay aside every falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. There is something powerful 
about the relationships you get to have is, you know, we're, we're members of one another. We're, we're part of one body of Christ. And we get to tell each other. Sometimes we need each other to, you know, I might need one to tell me, hey, you're, um, you're sure there's some button there. The button popped or something. And, and, and there's things, or you got something in your teeth. Or, you know, there's things what we don't, we're blind to of, of our own. We could have something sitting, you know, a little bug sit right on my shoulder and I wouldn't even know. But if you care about your friend, you're like in, in, in the truth. You say, hey, quick, come here. And you, you know, what if, they got a, what if they got a centipede sitting up on their shoulder? When you see it, it's going right toward their neck. If you love them, you don't go, oh, they'll find out soon enough. You know, those little buggers, they hurt when they bite you. And some people are, 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 have a bad reaction. Their body swells up and it's horrible. If you love them, you're going to say, quick, bend forward, come and get it to where you can knock it off of them. Maybe grab, grab the paper or grab a book or something and swat it off. And it's not because you're, you're taking a swing at them. You're trying to protect, protect them. Yeah. And in love, sometimes we got to speak to our brothers. It says, speak the truth with your, each one of you, with your neighbor. Why does it say with our neighbor? Because those are the people we're around. The ones we're close to. When you're close to somebody, if you see them struggling with something, God puts you there in their lives and them in your life so you guys could help look after each other. And we're, we need looking after, don't we? Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. You can listen to today's lesson or any of the radio lessons on iTunes titled Celebrate the Lord. And if your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information on Amazing Grace Kona, go to our church website at AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona.